Now, the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Well, good morning, everybody. It might help if I turn my microphone on. You can uh, hear me much better. As loud as I am, this certainly helps. And uh, I'm Mike Ray. Boy, the the button almost went. That was you, Jason. That was you, Jason. Stay away from the buttons. uh, I'm Mike Rayleigh, I think, at at this point. I I was when I went to bed last night, and uh, that's... uh, that's pretty safe to think. I believe in uh, Pam Beck, the sweet Pam Beck. Are you sweet most of the time? Not? I would like to think so, but you might have to ask my husband about yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I call my wife Sweet Melissa because of the song, yes. the Almond Brothers yeah. song, yeah. but uh, that goes way back. They say but these sweet women have tempers. So she, she's really yeah, she, Melissa doesn't have really a temper, but uh, I'll tell you, she stays on my case. Yeah. I wouldn't want Pam after me for some reason. No. Either mild-tempered or in bad-tempered. Tall women. Yeah. <laughs> All right, boys. And uh, Rufus. Rufus is there. Rufus Edmonston. That's right, the same one. What more can you say? What more can you say? And Nelsa Cox. Good morning. <laughs> what can you just, say about Nelsa? Just plain Nelsa, right? Just plain Nelsa. <laughs> From the Garden Hut, owner of the Garden Hut in Fuqua Arena, Nelsa, it's been hot this summer. But, you know, we haven't had – we've only had – I don't know that we reached 100 yesterday, did we? I don't know if we're going to reach it today or not. I think we've all been heat index. We were close, but the yeah. heat index. Yeah. yeah. The heat index, yeah. yeah. But, you know, we we had three 100-degree days last year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was – this summer, I don't think, believe it or not, it was as hot as last summer. Well, I guess I'm just getting older because it has felt so hot. Well, you're outside all the time. <laughs> it's been tough. You just don't you just don't get used to it. Yeah. There's no. I, I mean, I think I think I have been pretty conditioned and used to it all these years, but yeah. boy, it has affected me this year. Right. I feel mm-hmm. sorry for anybody who has to to make their living outside. It's it's uh, this time of year or in the in the bitter cold. But we don't have bitter cold very no, much. We had some. Around Christmas, we did last year, did. but uh, that's about it. So we'll uh, hope for the and cooler weather. It's amazing weather. to see how resilient plants can mm-hmm. be. I know, and I think y'all were. I, I've been kind of in and out of the studio before we started, but I think y'all were talking about the resilience of plants and and just if the drought gets them, well, the heat gets them, just let them go. That that was Rufus's theory. What did you? Have, what if did you? you can't water well, it. Let it go. Well, I mean, that's kind of my. Survive. I mean, I don't have time. After sixty some years, I've come around. You can't water them all. If they don't make it in four seasons, unless it's in a pot. Yeah, you just have to be smart about go. what you plant. Got to let it go. I mean, you don't want to plant all all plants that are well, zero escaping plants, but still. Yeah, and you got to think about our our precious farmers 
in the conditions that they work with. Oh my god! Next time you want to complain about yeah, the don't prices. yeah, I don't mean, complain it's, about it's a tough. farmer. Mm-hmm. It is tough. The farmers, I think, are probably would rather have drought than than, than floods. Than floods, mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't get in the field yeah. with a flood. So, but uh, yeah. I think plants are. You know, again, this is the the opt word. Um, once established, uh, especially perennials and woodies. Um, so your your trees and shrubs and your um, perennials once they're established you get a good root system to them and and we're very blessed to have um, lots of subtropicals that Mm -hmm. do amazing so and come back but um, at any rate um, once they're established um, they're they may show some withered wilted leaves or or whatever maybe your hydrangea blooms um, brown a little sooner but Mm -hmm. um, and again that's without water but it, it does not kill them some uh, something I always remember that you said, Nelsa, was that hydrangea leaves tend to droop, but it's usually because of the heat and not necessarily because they are That's dry. Right. That's exactly right. I, and I we see. tend to water them, don't we? We do. We panic, mm-hmm. and you know, we paid forty bucks for one, and we panic uh-huh. and we go water it. But if they're standing up nice and perky in the morning, you're good. If they're yeah. not, give them a little drink, deep watering. Mm-hmm. Pam put some beautiful plants on facebook uh, what, what have, have you planted when was the last time you planted something goodness it was just last weekend i mean seriously Good for you. i i am of the old thought that if you have the ability to care for something you can plant year round Absolutely. it's just you know um we don't generally recommend it for someone who doesn't go out there and cluck over their babies every day like rufus and i and elsa do you know but um we we if you pay attention to your garden if you're there if you're not going away on vacation or if you've got somebody to come and take care of it while you're on vacation you can plant you just have yeah. to you just and, have to take care and you of know it. it's just like i had a, a dear customer in yesterday um and they were going to go away and she bought two of our plant nannies i still call them plant nannies but mm-hmm. um they're basically these terracotta um little spikes that you can put um a liter or or um you know an old wine bottle or some type of heavy bottle um fill it with water and put it in your planters and i mean it just nice time slow release um it'll last you um three or four days and that's perfect that's all you need yeah well i finally chose the plant that i'm going to use jasper's ashes on is a ruby Red slipper hydrangea. Okay. Oh, nice. And I found a place close to the water source okay. and then did plant it yesterday. Oh, wonderful. Good, for, good for you. So you will water that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And what I do is I take each over yeah. the year. Yeah. Uh, my little article that's coming out, I hope you got yeah, it, Mike. Absolutely. The so. article about. Yes, sir. I've, I've and, countered and my the, gardening with my dogs over the years. Yeah. And, and a wonderful photo of Jasper. <clears throat> I mean, he, yeah. he, what a dignified looking dog. Hey, by the way, uh, Craig LaHoulier is with us. Craig, good morning to you, sir. Do we have tricky Craig? Getting, tricky getting in. The uh, other number doesn't work, but I searched and searched and found the other number. So here I am. Oh my goodness! I'm sorry. Well, I'm I'm glad I'm glad that you got through. We'll we'll have to figure that out. I I'm not sure what that deal is. Craig, I saw you on TV the other night showing this lady how to plant a seed. Oh, and then wow. that, and then it did not come back and show the what the seed resulted in. I, I I wanted to see what that time delay would do. 
Yeah, you know, it was tricky because um, Sherry wanted to do something on tomatoes, but she had to visit me in the wintertime because of their scheduling. So when everything was happening here, um, she already had to put the, the show in the can. So just a timing snafu, but no, everything went well. Yeah. How about that? So what, what kind of seed were you planting? Um, I was just, I think I just grabbed some variety that I had plenty of and wanted to show her right. what the starting technique was. And, uh, it went fine. Um, doing the show with Sherry was just such a blast. So this time of year, we're not thinking about, uh, planting any more tomatoes, but, uh, they're still growing. They're still on the vine. We're still picking them. So uh, what should we be doing with them? All right, well, ma'am. you know, in- interestingly enough, um, my job this weekend is, is to pull all my plants because what we end up having out here is a super concentrated harvest. Um, I picked my first tomato July 28th, and I've picked my last tomato. And we've canned nine times. I picked 150 pounds the other day. That's awesome. Everything comes in fast. Everything comes in at once. And then septoria and early blight and pith necrosis pretty much takes everything down. And I am so ready for everything to be done. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it's, it, but it's also a, a bittersweet. It's like, <gasps> this is my last tomato for my sandwich. Um, I, too, Craig, have, <clears throat> have pulled more than half of my tomatoes. And some of them are, you know, they're just, they're smaller and, and still the ability to produce. But... Yeah. I'm a little withered, more withered than those. And um, and I have had years where I've really staggered and been able to, um, you know, stretch it out, uh, especially, you know, the smaller ones, the Carbonas. Um, uh-huh. But, oh, my goodness, I think we've put up maybe, I don't know how many uh, canned quarts, but mm-hmm. uh, probably 60 or more gallons of tomatoes and just giving away <laughs> pounds and pounds. So it's been a great tomato season. The flavors have been outstanding. Um, We did two local tastings last week. Um, One at a local farmer's market where I had about 40 of my varieties, and then one at at a local restaurant for the Veterans Healing Farm where we had about 50. So I guided hundreds of people through tasting tomatoes. And, uh, you know, watching the faces light up as people reconnect with flavors that they may have tasted in their grandparents' garden or, you know, their parents' garden. It's just, uh, there's really nothing like it, the summer tomato. And, Craig, this is Pam. You are the reason I eat tomatoes. You know that. (laughs) Do you remember the first interview I did with you and your beautiful little daughter at that time? (laughs) She's a grown woman now, but um, I interviewed you for Carolina Gardener Magazine and also for the N&O and I was not a tomato eater. I don't know if you remember that. But, but you introduced me to the subtlety and the sweetness and the color and the variety. And you converted me, darling. <laughs> you, you kind of launched my career, so to speak. So, Pam, it is so incredibly wonderful to hear your voice. Uh, Thank you. You know, moving to Hendersonville has been a blast, but missing... My gardening friends, you know, we used to have lunch every now yep. and then. So yep. I hope everything's great with you, and yes. what a treat this is. What a treat it is for me as well. <laughs> I, yeah, this is a—I have to get down there and see y'all one of these days. Well, that's a nice um, place to visit. A lot of people do that, uh, Hendersonville, mm-hmm. I'll tell yeah. you. The, the Apple Festival is coming next weekend, and I just have to mention before we get into questions and things, Rufus, I think I've got a tomato 
that I'm going to name after you. Amen. Oh, All right. Of course, I've been thinking about that. I didn't want to bring it up, but I, I, uh, I'm so happy to hear that. It must be tough and resilient. It's actually unique. How's that? Ah, it, unique. Is it unique. colorful? Well, uh, remember you said it, it must be reddish. Robust, with a big, big. Uh, one time, the news article had an article on me, and they said the moon-faced Edmiston. <laughs> well, I'm looking for the red one, but I've got one for you that it was out of a, a, a cross that I made. So it has variegated foliage, green oh. and white. So it's extremely ornamental. Wow! And uh, it's indeterminate, but it's somewhat compact. It and. It has one-pound tomatoes that are wow. yellow with red swirls, and the taste One-pound tomatoes? Oh, my God. <laughs> and uh, so it's going to be called Rufus Rainbow. Ah! Hey, you'll have to get an like extra that. big loaf of bread, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Wonder Bread. I'll, I'll, I'll be sending you some seeds, and I'll also uh, start some plants and send some plants to you next year, and uh, we'll awesome. get you to try it. Then I'm going to... Send it to, to some seed companies so we can get it introduced. You're blessed among them. men and women. Wow. How about that? That's, That's a big so cool. deal. Uh, yeah. And for for folks who don't recognize the name, you you probably know the title, Epic Tomatoes, uh, the, your first book, uh, a big bestseller. And uh, Craig LaHulier is, is the author of that. And uh, Craig... Uh, you got started. Now you're a chemist, or uh, you have a doctorate in chemistry. Is that is that correct? Yeah, I have a 25 year career in uh, essentially the whole the same company. I started out at Smith Klein up in Philly, and came down to Glaxo, and through mergers and acquisitions, uh, I ended up, you know, everything at the same company, Glaxo, Smith Klein, and and was so pleased when they finally said, Craig, I think we've had it with you, and I said, well. <laughs> had it with you. It's, it's mutual. <laughs> yeah. And and you you how long have you been interested in tomato varieties? Uh, probably um, in the big way I am now since 1986 when I discovered the Seed Savers Exchange and that mm -hmm. opened the world to me to the incredible diversity of them. And you know I thank my grandfather back when I was an early teen for giving me the very first tomato that I loved. And so that. That catalyzed the whole thing and started me on this little tour. Um, and, you know, you mentioned Epic Tomatoes. I'm about to sign a contract with Story to write the third book on the Dwarf Tomato Breeding Project. So that, Great. That will, so that will kind of cap off um, the books that I've really wanted to write. And then going forward, we'll just see what else pops in. Uh, that sounds like a good, it's not a round number, but it sounds like a pretty good number to me. Three. Yeah, absolutely. And, and your other book deals with uh, straw bales, planting yeah. uh, vegetables and straw bales? Yeah, um, and, you know, a, a lot of our neighbors around here have captivated with that technique, and so we got straw bale gardeners all over Hendersonville now. And uh, Oh, good. For, you know, for people who have their septic system in their backyard or a lot of trees in their prime gardening spots, it's really the flexibility, just like container gardening, allows you to Move your garden to wherever the sunshine is best in your yard. So, um, uh, Pam, did you pick up container gardening at all or straw bale gardening? Because I think you may have lived near um, kind of the straw bale dude who introduced me to it. Uh, Kent. 
Yeah, it's it's interesting. I have not had an opportunity to see that book, Craig. And I've got I, it. Would you the, like this, it? I would love to. I'll, I'd love I'll give to. you a copy. Thank you. I I'd think I brought it up it. with me. If not, it's in the car. Awesome. Thank you. Um, I'll I'll send you a signed copy, Pam. Don't worry about okay. that. Okay. Thank All you, right. Love. That's 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 great. That's even better. Yeah. Uh, Craig, I remember the first time that I ran across you. It was out at the farmer's market, and Ronnie Best was in charge. Oh, yeah. And you were were back out there at your automobile, and I said, what's that? He said, well, that's that nice professor man out there with his weird (laughs) tomatoes. (laughs) I remember going to his house and buying some in the driveway. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was always so neat. You know, it was Charlie Edwards who uh, asked me to consider starting to sell plants there because he knew I had all this weird stuff and we'd show up with our Dixie cups with holes punched in the bottom with pencils and a lot of the other vendors kind of chuckled at us until <laughs> they went home with stuff and we didn't. Uh-huh, yeah. Uh, so we, yeah, that was right around 1998, 1999. We got started with that and uh, we learned how hard it is to sell stuff at the farmer's market, mm-hmm. standing on that concrete for hours. Yeah, and, uh, that's right. Tough home. people, yeah. wonderful people out there. Incredibly wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Steve uh, is in Garner and uh, he wanted to join us. Steve, good morning. Good morning, guys. I uh, have to get a pacemaker. Oh, okay. So uh, the doctor said the two sections of the chambers of my heart are not talking to each other properly. So that's kind of kind of like a domestic relationship well, there. Sounds like the general assembly, the house and senate. <laughs> That's right. The two chambers won't talk to one another. So this is going to make them talk, huh? It could explain my fatigue. Yeah. The why I get so tired so fast. Well, mine is because I get up at three o'clock every morning, or at least five days a week. I used to do that when I was working. That's right, the post office, right? But then I got wise and I retired. Do you uh, do you have any tomatoes left, Steve? Yes, I do, and they're just starting to produce. Huh? Uh, this happened last year too with my uh, 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 oh shoot the the golden ones. Um, sun gold. Sun gold. Yeah. Uh, they didn't produce until. August and September, and then I had more tomatoes than I knew what to do with. How about that? And it's just now starting to. It was when I went up and checked it this morning. It was hanging full of of little tiny tomatoes, and uh, I have a Roma that has been really a good producer, and it's still got uh, little green tomatoes on it too. So. Um, I'm I'm good enough to keep me busy. I've made sauces and I've put uh, made a, a spaghetti and noodles and and stuff with it. So it's been good. Mm, I could eat some really spaghetti good. right now. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> I, I had some barbecue for breakfast. Oh come on now! Yeah. I'm not sure I could go that far, and I'm from down east. You know, Greg and Steve, I love it when people talk about. Putting up a canning, yeah, that was part of my growing up. My mama had a. It's a big deal. She would put up enough to feed the entire community, <laughs> and yeah, tomatoes was part of it. Did a lot, and when they, when mama, when daddy passed away, and we cleaned the house out, we found cans of stuff in the basement that were probably fifteen years old that <laughs> they had forgotten. They they just didn't use them. So I mean, you can can and forget if you're not careful. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I just want to let you guys know that uh, Monday next week I'm getting that pacemaker. Well, that is uh, tr- that is tremendous technology. I mean, they keep improving and yeah. improving, and it'll it'll make you feel better. Well, he told me that it was programmable to where it monitors the heart; it only shocks it when it. See, so, do you get a remote control with that? Well, he said or an <laughs> app. <laughs> an app, yeah, you got an app with it. For that. How about that? Technology is wonderful. Yeah. Steve, thank you, buddy. All right, you guys, will, I'll be listening to you. If I hear any daily questions, I can okay. always put my input in. All right. Well, Appreciate it. Speaking of right. Steve, Mr. Daylily, um, the Garden Hut is having uh, hosting the, the Daylily Club that he is a member of um, September 23rd at the Garden Hut. Wow, that's some smart a, people. A Daylily sale there, so we're excited about that. When is that going to be? Uh, September 23rd. How about that? Well, there's some late bloomers then. Well, I mean, it's they're they're plants. That's yeah. what they always said about me. Yeah, a late, late bloomer. bloomer. Yeah. Well, now, are you going to have a judging so that I may? Uh, it's try it's to not for like a flower it's show. A it's just a daylily oh, sale. Okay. You can. Yeah. You don't have any daylilies right now, do you? No, I don't. These, these would be uh, bare bare rooted, probably, probably. Yeah. Yeah. In exactly. yeah, things like that. Yeah. 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 Oh. But those folks can tell you everything you need to know about a daylily. Mm-hmm. Including Steve. I hope Steve will be there. All right. Uh, 919-860-9783. More of The Weekend Gardener coming up. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Okay, we're back with uh, Pam Beck and Rufus Edmonston and Nelsa Cox and Craig LaHoulier on WPTF's Weekend Gardener. Mark is in Clayton. Mark, how can we help you? Uh, good morning, Mike. And I'll, uh, I heard you I had two questions. I heard you talking about daylilies. And so I planted some in the spring, and they've done great. But, of course, now they're not looking so good. Is there anything I should be doing to them now? Sounds like there's nothing wrong with them. <laughs> I don't know. I just to, I, I don't. Supposed to looking good right now. I don't now. have that that many in my yard, unfortunately, and I, I just kind of let them fade away. Yeah, water, water, water. Yeah. Um, it, that's pretty much it. They they may collapse um, a little bit. You might get some browning on some of the leaves where they've gotten a little bit of sunburned or something. But um, this is the time when they're starting to, to go into early rest. You're yeah. 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 yeah, all of us need a rest. And <laughs> as long as they're planted soil level, there's not too much soil or mulch um, up around the yeah. sleeve or collar of the daylilies. Um, what we do is, um, and not so much in the landscape versus those that are in containers, is the, the lower outer leaves will certainly brown, and we try to just pull and pull pluck off. those off, and that leaves the main core um, nice and supple and upright. So, uh, Craig, how, how do you come down on daylilies? We finally have a house where we have a spot that um, we can grow them well. We actually mix them in with irises, and so we mm-hmm. we just kind of let them go. Uh, we never had a good sunny spot that the deer couldn't get to in Raleigh, but right. we do. And uh, and then we have a trellis behind it with some birdia growing up. So Lovely. even though at the base it's just different shades of green you got those nice little orange flowers popping up above so we you know my wife and i love to flower garden just as much as vegetable garden so this yeah. is uh we love this time of the year to just 
Well, Craig, let, let me suggest that you try dahlias up there. My mother would grow dahlias so tall that they would be a foot above me, and that's back when I was six feet. I've lost a couple inches somewhere. <laughs> but I mean, we had to stake them. But dahlias yeah. love the growing season in the mountains. mountains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, We have dahlias, and the other thing we have are cannas. We have some cannas yeah. with the dark leaves that are, right now, they're eight feet tall and blooming at the mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We, uh, we have a unique situation here with many, many different types of kind of mini microclimates where we can grow lots of different things in different areas. And, you know, you move into a house that was built in 1960, and the first thing you do is see what previous people planted, what's going to come up, and then just work with it. What do you need to divide? Mm-hmm. What do you need to move? And uh, it's like it's like a big Rubik's Cube. We've mm-hmm. had a great time trying to figure out. What do you... Um how do you keep deer away? Why do you not have a problem with deer? We Well, there's a mountain across a stream from us where the deer tend to stay, and then there's multiple fenced yards between here and there. But oh. we did see a first doe walking the fence line the other day. Uh, mm-hmm. This was our fourth garden here, and we've not had any meaningful critters in the backyard yet. But I, we got three dogs that are almost always running around the back. Ah, yeah, okay. It. Well, that that's, answers yep. a question that's right it. there. <laughs> yep. um, we have one who um, th- who found uh, a little bunny and a straw bale. Um, oh. And we have to talk in terms of past tense. But Hoda yes. was yeah. absolutely thrilled with this. He thought... This is what it's all about. <laughs> so anyway, we <laughs> we didn't enjoy watching it. We went in the house and let yeah. him do what he was going to do. But yeah. um, dogs do that. Here within yeah. about twenty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> so, Mark, uh, does any of that answer your question? Yes, it was good and an interesting conversation. I also have a question about my lawn as well. All right. So I had little success last year, even though I planted some weed and seed early in the year. With my fescue lawn, the crabgrass just took over. And so I've endured it over the summer. I know we're getting to the point in time where it's appropriate to reseed uh, fescue lawns for the fall. What can I do now, or what should I do now, about the crabgrass that's already there? Well, there's not much you can do about the crabgrass. That would require a pre-emergence in maybe February and another maybe in, in June, something like that couple of applications uh two or three months apart uh fescue is is tough tough to grow unless uh unless you have a sprinkler system that uh that uh you know some some people have them some people don't that's what helps to be able to water evenly and to to water correctly and cut high and, um, yeah that's the main thing is crabgrass yeah. is a little low ground uh grower and um, if your fescue is left at, at, you know, I'd say a couple of inches at least, um, then it will help shade out that uh, and many other weeds, too. So, you know, cut her high. Don't scalp it. And are you in a clay soil or sandy or loamy soil? He's in Clayton. Um, so is, it, is that, yeah. is that yeah. sandy? Yeah. Uh, sandy, clay. I mean, it, I have a good, a good yard. I yeah. I think um, likely listening to this conversation, I, I should have done uh, a couple more applications. Um, I just did the one early in the year, and uh, yeah, it usually takes a, a couple. And do you have do you have problems with winter weeds? 
No, and uh, you mentioned irrigation. I do have an irrigation system that I use sparingly because a lot of my lot is shaded. So I'm right. In that regard. So, so I, I think this year I'll reseed again as I normally do and then pay more attention in the you know late winter, early spring with the pre-emergent. Yeah. Yeah, and, and there are three times that you can do a pre-emergent, um, you know, especially if you're using something like a dimension. Um, but what I was going to say, if, if your uh, choice of seed is more for shade, I would highly recommend trying the Shady Nook. Um, they're yeah. very successful in, quarrels. in the Raleigh area, North Raleigh, uh, Fuquay area. Um, but, yes, that's a local seed source. Um, uh, in, you know, ju- it's just going to perform well in the shade. And also, the more organics and the more, um, you know, aeration or coration, I should say, that you can do to your soil and continuing to build that soil profile with um, good, rich soil will allow the yeah. roots of the fescue to grow um, deep and get anchored. And, and, and it's true. I mean, fescue has a little bit of summer dormancy to it, mm-hmm. um, even if you do have the water. Um, but, um, you know, and then... As far as I'm concerned, I mean, if it's green, mow it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm good with weeds. Mark, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't worry about weeds, yeah. but if you want uh, the beautiful lawn with the fescue, yeah, core aeration in September. And, you know, we got to have some – you really got to have some, some rain, too, to supplement. You just can't uh, – are you on a well or are you on city water? No, I'm on city water, but, again, I, I use irrigation. And, and yeah. like I listened to the Weekend Gardener, you mentioned white coral seed. Of course, I use that. Amen, hey. brother. Home <laughs> folks, and and watering. You know, tr- try not to water so often. You know, just water deeply. I think that's yeah. true with with most yeah. any any plant. Wouldn't you uh, say so, Craig? Yeah, um, and certain plants really should not be water starved. Uh, but it also depends on how you grow things. Like tomatoes and containers and straw bales really need daily watering on hot days because uh-huh. if you if you let the roots not be able to find any water that's where you get your blossom end rot because the plants just get so stressed so i think part of it as a gardener is understanding what your plants need understand where your plants are planted and then there is going to be variability in terms of of how you water them to keep them happy i don't think you can ever go wrong when you just read your plants look at the foliage see how they're behaving and they kind of tell you what they want so, uh, Mark, have you ever used uh, publication Carolina Lawns? No, I have not. If you'll go to the website <clears throat> Turf Files, it's an NC State University mm-hmm. turf management website, and it's for professionals and for homeowners. And they have everything. They have calendars for uh, the various grasses they have uh, diseases they have photos they have all kinds of stuff on there but they you can uh, download a copy of carolina lawns or you i'm, I'm sure the folks at uh, the extension service can get you a hard copy too but it's uh, been around for a long time and it's very comprehensive i'll check it out all right brother thank you so much thank you mark appreciate you calling Mark, I guess you've noticed that every time there's a discussion about lawns, uh, I sort of become quiet because I'm so old-fashioned that whatever grows in the lawn, if it's green, I cut it. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just don't. I have so many plants, I don't have a lawn anymore. And and my my seeding over is with clover. I'm sure Craig loves loves to hear about that, but 
Yeah. Oh, clover yeah. is such a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, watch yeah. the bees. Help, helps uh, enrich the soil. And I understand, though, there's certain places where, where Mark is, you and people love to have beautiful gardens. Oh gosh, but, I just I love uh, I love seeing a beautiful lawn. Yeah, but if you if you're like me and you you care more about growing your shrubs and your plants, you're not going to kill yourself worrying about a garden a, a yard. Yeah. Well, what's well, interesting I, about what's interesting about where we live now is we've never fed and we've never watered the lawn, and it always stays emerald green. Yeah, that that the that, entire summer that environment up there certainly yeah. helps. Yeah. about that well mark carry on and uh call us again please all right mike thanks so much for all you guys do yes sir and we're gonna be we're gonna be in benson in october at a nursery there and i, I hope you'll come by well listen i, I wanted to share I'm, I'm i'm headed to visit with uh some of your old friends mark and steve today and you're mentioning clover, uh, the clover. Steve doesn't do anything to his yard. It's it's green clover all summer long. Or he, you know, he's down in the coast. But down at Beaufort, yeah. Oh yeah. Well, you tell Steve I'm a, I'm of his nature. <laughs> all right, I'll let him know. Thanks, guys. Well, give give uh, my best to Steve and Markingham. <laughs> uh, all right, buddy. Appreciate it. Right, bye. bye. Yes, sir. 919-860-9783. More of the WPTF Weekend Gardener coming up. It's 847. You're listening to the longest-running gardening show on the radio. It's the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF at 851-919-860-9783, 919-860-WPTF. Uh, Mike Rayley here along with Pam Beck and Nelson Cox and the great Rufus Edmonston. Uh, the aforementioned will have another mark from uh, for posterity from a tomato from Craig LaHoulier. Uh, in in the future, and you know, I'm really looking forward to that because Gerald Gerald has one. We're improving on it, and has great flavor. Uh, we we need it to does. have you you uh you had one yes sir back, and the flavor is good. The size is a little little bit uh, about the size of a tennis ball, Pam. I got one, and yeah. and uh, well, you can make a sandwich with it. Yeah. So I'm very proud of that. It's great. Other people want buildings and stuff like that. Well. Uh, well, a, you've got a building that's uh, you got the yeah, Edmonton building. That. I know. Uh, somebody said, "Well, how do you get a building name for yourself?" I said, "Pay for it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. I'd rather have a plant name for me, Craig. I think that's Absolutely. a great thing that you're doing for yeah, Rufus. That's right. It'll be fun. I can't wait to uh, see what he thinks. It's- well, what 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 is this National Review Board? What if they've heard of me and rejected? <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no board. Uh, when it comes to naming vegetables in the United States, you can pretty much do what you want. And uh, once it gets out there and circulated in seed companies, it, it's a variety. So, uh, now this one's pretty bulletproof. Nobody's going to take it from us. <laughs> that, that's that's uh, Rufus's kind of thing there, the Wild West. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> you, you guys have to come out and do one of your shows uh 
You have to do a road trip. Oh, wow. Out here. Yeah, you know, they've, they've talked a lot uh, over the years. It's, it's, it never happened, but I about networking us uh, networking the show on the north carolina news network but uh so we we uh have an Asheville station uh-huh. uh and i i do news for for the network uh all morning long so uh-huh. and the Asheville station carries that and so uh yeah we you know that that would be uh I think we'd have to spend the night, uh, Rufus. Uh, I don't think we'd have, we'd be able to get up early enough to go to Hendersonville. Grove Park. It would be Grove Park. No doubt you think about it. you think Big Daddy would spring for the Grove we'd Park have to end? Talk to him. He, he, now he's going to brought that up between with, with you and me, as you recall, about going statewide. I think I think show. he's brought it up more than once. Yeah. yeah. So we he's resolute. Say, Here's how you follow. Just it like up, that big, big desk Daddy. in the president's office. He's resolute. <laughs> yeah. Well. I don't know, but at any rate, Craig, uh, we we know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, Craig, speaking of that, uh, I know there was a discussion that day that when Don Curtis, the the big daddy, as we call him, uh, yes, gardening is different in the different parts of the state, but at the same time, there's so many things that are just alike. You got to have good soil. Yep. Other things yep. like that that I I think one would work if you put the touch to say something that will grow in Watauga. Uh, or Henderson, and then you Northampton County, and in New Hanover, you you can have some different touches, but it's not basically all that different, except some varieties and some techniques. Would that be a, yeah. something you could deal with on a, a statewide gardening program? Mm-hmm. Oh, you could. Um, I think the big thing is looking at the temperature variation right. across the state. For example, Everybody around here was freaking out because we hit 90 for two days. And, yeah, I bet. And I wow. That you guys would all be throwing a party if you did. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and so what you have here is um, some different levels of humidity, um, some different soils, but it's about the temperature. So there, mm. there are many things that are much less stressed growing here. Um, we can do native azaleas, mm-hmm. and you can't do those back there. Um, Oh, contraire. That's right. I grow them. Yeah. You do? Can you grow I do. them? Wow. Oh, yeah. But, but see, I I'm, sell up, them. <laughs> I'm up on Falls Lake, and, right, um, right, right. you know, I've got a rolling topography, north-facing slope, and yep. uh, native native shade. So I do grow a lot of the native azaleas. In fact, I've bought some up there at the farmer's market yep. uh, when yep. they had that big sale. But here's the thing. For those of you who are new to North Carolina, if you have not been to the mountains, the real treat is seeing how things do grow there, and especially your yeah. conifers, Craig. Oh, my yeah. goodness. I'm so jealous. It's like the dahlias. Yeah. You know, you can grow things yet, up there. Some of our, one of our favorite perennials, which we had so many square feet of, Salvia groenitica, mm-hmm. really struggles here. Um so we've been surprised at what's wintered over. We don't have to dig gladiolus. Yeah. Oh, really? Some, some you, now you have to dig them in Boone. Um, here, you, yeah. Um, so we're a little bit different. I mean, mm-hmm. we're at twenty five hundred feet. Um, so when you mix elevation in, that changes things a little bit too. And all you need to do is garden in, in a yard for a few years, and you do if you're an observant gardener and take good notes and stuff, you figure it out what what you can do and what you can't do. You know, we love the the Cranesbill Roseanne, but we have learned that it's best to dig it, pot it up, bring it into the garage, yep. and just let it sit there, and then bring it out in the spring and replant it. Um, 
So we've learned what we love so much we don't want to lose it and what we can risk to see what will come back or not. Now, Craig, you have, uh, we're running out of time, but you you have a website and you're on Instagram yep. and you, yep. you take people on tours of, uh, of your landscape and talk about uh, the different plants and you have, uh, yeah. of course, epic tomatoes and growing vegetables and straw bales. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to be doing my last Instagram, my last weekly Instagram live either today or tomorrow, depending on the weather. And then they're, they're intermittent. I think my big thing is I'm going to get a new knee in early December. Oh. And and that will impact um, probably a little bit what I what I decide to grow. Absolutely. I'm going to do a big Greenville, South Carolina symposium in February, which will be kind of fun. Maybe I'm so glad you're going down for that. Uh, the Greater Greenville Master Gardeners yeah. Symposium is one of the best, Craig. They're going to love you. Well, wow. we're only about an hour away, yep. and they came to my talk in um, in the Gastonia area, yep. and that led to the invitation to go down Wonderful. to Greenville. So, yeah, I'm just continuing to have a blast with it. But this year was my biggest garden, and everything from here on in, I'm going to start reducing because uh, this year almost did me in. You can, uh, <laughs> I bet so. You start seeing that seven zero <clears throat> number ahead of you in a few years, and you realize. Uh, Oh, you yeah. spring chicken, you. Uh, I mean, try try I know, a month. You know, <laughs> uh, can't, can't quite garden like you're 30 or 35. That's I've gotta, true. I've got to pace myself a little bit more. Well, Craig, stay in, stay in touch. Uh, yeah, we want to do it again at some point. Well, just let me know. I will. And so nice to hear all of your voices. And uh, you don't know how much, this, how much fun this is. For well, me. I appreciate so, it. We have a lot of fun on this show, and I'm glad you are, too. You're a part of it. And you have a wonderful um, fall, and, and, and again, stay in touch. I will. Thanks, everybody. All All right. Right. Bye, love Craig. Love to Sue. Bye. Craig LaHoulier with us on the WPTF Weekend Gardener. More coming up.